0: What's up, everybody? This is Dagba Days with the Toy Photographers Podcast. We have an incredible episode for you guys today. We have the one, the only Mister Eye of a Watu. What is up, Tom? How you doing, man? good
1: dakota
0: how are you man dude doing so good man i just want to say first off i'm a big fan of your account i love your stuff Thanks. i love you're welcome i love you know your colors Every the thing that really drew me to your account initially was the color schemes and i was just looking at your grid and scrolling and i was like this dude is just like eye candy like everything you post is yeah. just you know makes me feel so happy as a at a, a kid level on that, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like at a very yeah. inner child level. And well, so, you're definitely
1: not seeing the stuff that I'm not posting. <laughs> that <laughs> would take away that whole childlike wonder, I think.
0: <laughs> well, you're very tasteful in the way that you post. So I, I'm I'm excited, man, to get into this. And I know that you there's a lot more to you than just your Instagram account, but uh, welcome to the show. And uh, I'm just going to jump right into it, man. So, like, how long have you been doing toy photography?
1: Um, so the actual, I would say, um, the I have watch account itself, um, the toy photography on it hasn't even been the full length of that account. I started that account with a different idea in mind entirely. Uh, okay. um, so I probably started that account, it would be four years come April, so it's about three and a half years ago. And probably, I would say, it took me about... Uh, three, four months before I started kind of dipping more into toy photography, but it was more like just nerd stuff at first. It was like, hey, what new movies are coming out? Here's some stuff from it. Here's news. Let's talk about this kind of stuff. It was really more of just a way for me to just discuss stuff because I had moved to L.A. I lived alone um, and I just didn't have like a network of friends around me that you know like the same thing. So it was like, hey, let me use the Internet for that network. And oh, wow. I started to kind of get that bounce back. I started having conversations and that kind of like blew up after that.
0: That's amazing because that's one thing I always admire about, you know, your account and the things that you do is you're such a lengthy uh, <laughs> captioner. You, you always have the most lengthy <laughs> captions, but those are the ones that I always end up reading the entire thing. I love that stuff. So you initially started out as a way to just kind of create a, uh, community for yourself. And that's, I mean, that's where it's all, that's what it's all about, you know, having that community, having that connections. So that's really cool. So you've been doing toy photography, you said like four or five years.
1: Um, I mean, so like, I guess, long ago probably like 10 years ago i used to dabble i had a tumblr account for a a stupid toy photography idea thing heavily inspired by like the works i used to see around that time like have a knot and uh sergeant banana i think started to kind of get like you know popping up um a little bit after that kind of thing and like i started seeing those guys i'm like oh you know i just kind of start popping in some uh photography shots but my stuff was more like a joke it was hey i have this hugh jackman head let me put it on this other figure and i'll call it the jackman showcase it'll <laughs> just be random figures with hugh jackman's head on it and uh, it was dumb but so that's funny like, though it was very short-lived but like definitely not at all serious it was just a way for me to kind of like you know take some pictures do some funny stuff make my friends laugh and after that but then yeah with the actual real toy photography stuff like me actually taking it more of a serious kind of um, hobby on the side was about, yeah, about three years ago this time.
0: Was there ever a time that you just said to yourself, like, this is is it, this is my hobby, this is the thing I do? Because I know you have a lot of interest besides toy photography and before we pressed record, we were talking a lot about video games. Was this ever something that you just decided Consciously, this is my thing. Did you did you ever just decide that or how did that kind of evolve for you?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, there was actually a clear moment for me that I remember Um, so My account uh, when I first kind of started it uh, was definitely it like hovered around You know 300 400 followers which starting from scratch was like mind-blowing to me that 400 people wanted to just see me talk about random dumb stuff (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and then I started kind of like posting pictures of my collection and that's where the toy community kind of started to like slowly trickle into my account being like, Hey, you should do more pictures of this stuff, show more of your collection kind of stuff. And like, you ah. know, some of the names that I now know the people like more closely were like really kind of encouraging And I started to do that more. Um, And then I remember way back when, you know, some of the Funko people were like, you should start doing the session. Like Funko has a session. And then I found out about the whole Toy Pop session and got into that stuff. And, you know, it was just it was still at that time. It was like, you know, we can take a quick picture, post it kind of thing. I wasn't taking it seriously. My the first Comic Con I went to after that. So I started my account in April. It would be that in July. So a couple months later. Um, I just happened to be at San Diego Comic-Con uh, with an exhibitor pass. And I started to post some stuff that I was seeing early before the show opened. And all of a sudden my count went from like 300 followers to like 2000 something at the end wow. of the first day. And I'm like, I don't know. And that was like, at that time I'm like, I, I got to turn off notifications. My phone, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, this is bizarre. I don't know what to do, but I guess I'll just ride this kind of wave. Whoa. And, yeah. So when, comic-con ended i started taking pictures uh, and i was like hey guys i'm just gonna kind of continue with what i was doing i was very forward about it i'm like i know i'm gonna lose like probably 1500 of you guys
0: <laughs> you right know, just joined yeah. in
1: uh but weirdly no one left and instead the exact opposite happened i started to like see you know a lot more engagement a lot more people talking with me and i started having a lot more dm conversations stuff like that and so that christmas or that uh new year's around that time i was like you know what I'm going to make this a promise to myself, a promise to you guys. I'm going to start concentrating more on what I'm putting out there and try to do better stuff. Like I am an artist in my day job, but I never really brought the stuff that I learned, you know, through going to art school and all that kind of stuff into my photography. I was just taking pictures of toys, fun angles, funny ideas, kind of dumb stuff. Um, But it was really that like, I don't know, like I guess I was scared by the community into doing it but in a good way like in an encouraging way it was like more of like a, oh, there's there's pressure but the only person putting the pressure on was myself um and I felt the need to you know put that back out and like you know okay I have eyes on me let me make sure that I'm repaying their kindness with you know their commenting their liking all that stuff with some stuff that I'm actually putting time into and so that's kind of when oh, I started oh
0: nice That's amazing. I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, I just love the fact that you're so thoughtful about that because, you know, a lot of people just kind of do the opposite almost where they're expecting people to follow them because their content is so good or they think that it's so good. And uh, you kind of approached it from the opposite aspect and you were just putting it out there and putting better content, you know, over time. And you wanted to repay those people that followed you. And that's amazing. I mean, that's a great kind of way to look at Instagram and as a way to kind of encourage other people with great content. That's awesome. I
1: was always always intimidated by the number of people that like had eyes on my stuff, and it was like that thing where it's just like, okay, I got to make there a reason. Like at least I got to. If so many people are going to be seeing the stuff, and this is kind of before the more algorithm changes that kind of happen with Instagram. I know it's a completely different world now than it yeah. was you know, even two three years ago. Um, and it was that thing like, okay. I I should be I wanna be proud of what I put out there. And um, you know, listening to the cast that you kinda of had with Jesse, I definitely he's had he brought up that great point, like you are kind of providing these moments of brightness for people like through the course of their day. And like kind of knowing that people are coming to your stuff because they like the characters, they like the toys, the stuff that you're shooting, and they're genuinely liking it. I'm not going out there asking people like, hey, like my stuff follow me at all it was, it was that thing where like people are liking it let me try to give them more stuff to like i guess in a weird way i don't know it, it, it's fun just I don't and, know, and thank god
0: it. thank god that you're not going out there and doing will you please follow me i can't stand that <laughs> stuff man i really can't and i don't know why it drives me nuts but like if you're going to have to have enough time in your day to repost, I don't know if it's a robot or what happens, but if you're gonna go post on someone asking them, begging them to follow you, maybe your content's really not worthwhile enough to be able to have a following in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that stuff kind of happens, you know, over time and it happens naturally and organically like yours did, where you, you know, your content got better and you were able to put out amazing content and refine it over time. Exactly. It's like if you want to have great content and a great following, put out the best of the best, and you'll it'll follow. You know, it'll happen naturally.
1: Right. That's the thing with like all artwork, right? Is like the work itself kind of speaks for itself. Like you got to let the work show itself. um And like if you're out there and you're putting a face out there, being like, "Hey, follow for follow," or "Hey, man, come see my picture or come see my posts I'm doing all this stuff." Like you know, because I see that sometimes in comments and things like that. And it, Instead of that, like, what I do is when I get a comment and someone writes, like, something insightful, they don't have to, like, say, come see my page. I'm instantly clicking on their picture and be like, oh, this person me too. Is cool. Let me go see what they're doing. And that's how I – up. Uh, I follow almost 2,000 accounts, right? And so, like, a lot of those are, like, they're just people that, you know, inspired me to go check out their stuff and follow them. The, their work then made me want to or their conversations it doesn't even have to be their photographs it's like they wrote me over dm and we had a really good conversation and so of course i'm going to follow you know this friendship that i kind of have on the side but if you started off with like a hey man uh i like your stuff you should come check out my stuff follow me and i'll follow you and like unfollow me and then follow me again or just so they keep popping up in notifications that's not the way to do it that's just more like it's companies market themselves people don't need to market themselves people should just be people right and you want to hang out and surround yourself with the people you want to surround yourself
0: with right i love that man i really do i love i respect that that that's amazing and not not a lot of people have that mentality and i commend it that's amazing
1: well also i want to say something that you're doing um with the 112 collective feature page that you have. i found a lot of accounts that you've been featuring on there that i'm like the work I didn't even know the people and I'm like this this work is amazing let me go to this person's page and then I've been blown away by whole pages
0: oh man I know
1: it's it's amazing and it's like I I gotta give a big tip of the hat and a major props to all the feature pages out there that are doing it and like I found so much stuff um just from the feature pages they were like honestly when starting out like the backbone of the community to kind of keep know the new people at the, the forefront and get new eyes on them and stuff like that and it's it's great
0: i i have to give a shout out to matt over at star wars the black series and i cannot remember which podcast episode that i have shouted him out before but i've got to give another shout out so matt he was the forerunner for me whenever i started toy photography and i posted a shot he reposted mine And that kind of opened my eyes, like you said, to the world of other people's art and being able to just go and say, oh, my gosh, there's other people like me doing this thing. And, you know, it's it's a game changer when you're able to have a platform that you're able to celebrate other people's things. You're not doing it. You know what I mean? To gain a following. I mean, it's it happens naturally. Followings happen naturally but you're doing it to just really support other people's art and to create conversations and dialogue and I've created so many conversations uh through the 112 collective feature page that I would not trade for the world you know what I mean the account is amazing but the friendships that I've discovered and be able to foster through this and I I think I started talking to you through the 112 collective feature page Over. and and just being able to reach out to people it's it's amazing and just having that like-minded uh attitude about toy photography it's just it you know it gives you the warm fuzzies for sure it's like
1: uh uh, this is a a strange term to use because uh, it has a different kind of connotation i think maybe to it but i I really do see feature pages as kind of being the gatekeeper but not in the way of where they prevent people from coming in it's more they are the ones opening the door
0: Uh, oh yeah
1: world right of toy photography because they're like hey Take a look at this. Here's a page of just hundreds upon hundreds, uh, sometimes thousands of different artists doing this one craft. And you know, take a look. If you like what you see, go to their page. Take a look even more. Follow them, like them, have a conversation with them, kind of stuff. And like, like you had that in, uh, interaction with Matt from Black uh, Star Wars Black Series. Matt from um, Where Toys Dwell did the exact same thing for me. He used to like you know feature me. He'd have conversations on the side with me, stuff like that. And it was like he is who opened up my eyes to the greater, greater community. And I I can't thank him enough for that.
0: Nice. Shout out to Matt at Where Toys Dwell. He's a great guy too. He really is. And just, you know, kind of going with that same uh, flow of conversation, I'm curious, man, have you noticed, you know, when you first began toy photography, any improvements in your, your methods or maybe the way that you approach toy photography? What do you think is something that, when you first started that, you know, you would say, okay, I definitely don't do that anymore. Or, you know, I'm curious to see what the way that you approach it nowadays.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say if you were to go back to the first toy photos I started to post versus like my last post uh, or the post recently, it is night and day. Uh, I I, I at least think so. Um, I definitely reference back to my first toy. I'm using air quotes here to quote unquote toy photography posts. Um, I definitely used to um, take a figure, maybe kind of come up with an idea, put it down. I did a lot more. I started basically just doing pure outdoor photography. Um, I always feared indoor lighting setups, that kind of stuff, um, the more controlled stuff. I'd rather let nature <laughs> decide whether or not I could, got a good shot or not in the beginning. Nice. Um, which was, It was a fun challenge in its own right. Um, but nowadays, uh, I definitely, I think about it a lot more before I go in. Um, sometimes, sometimes a shot, like, uh, I did a a series very recently where it was Darth Maul versus Kylo Ren. And that was just like an idea I had right before I went off to a coffee shop. Um, I like literally just set them up and I was like, okay, let me do this one pose. And as I have them there, I'm like, let me do this other pose. I bet it'll be kind of even cooler. And I did, I'm like, this is even better. Um, but I focus I shoot now primarily focused on um, using techniques I, like, I learned in, um I went to school at RISD um, back in the early 2000s. And I used to struggle a lot with color theory and um, different kind of like lights and shadows and like that was the thing that I learned a lot in school. And that was the stuff that I bring to a lot of my day job and work and I was like I never brought it to toy photography until a couple of years ago and now that is like my primary focus. Um, I definitely try to like light things in a way that show off the sculpt but also that's kind of true to a character which is when i first started i would literally just plop the character down set it up maybe try to get a good composition in frame in the in the viewfinder and then shoot but now it's like it's way more involved you'll rarely ever see me not shooting on a tripod not see me like holding different kind of like lighting even if i'm shooting outdoor i'll introduce some kind of like Lighting color for like a small little reflection that probably no one else will notice,, uh, but it's like those little tiny details is what I focus on now, that I definitely didn't in the beginning.
0: That's amazing because i when I started out the interview with you, that's the thing that I noticed the most was the color you know palette of your Instagram account. and the fact that you said that you really struggle with it at the, in the beginning is so amazing because i I'm like, okay, there's hope for me because I definitely struggle with that too because. You know, looking at you know your stuff, you have such a diverse range of color and tones, and you know being able to distinguish, like you said, the characters and the and the features, and that really it dramatically makes the pictures look not only lifelike but just it just draws your eye to them, and I can't look away, man. Like I said, it's eye candy. It really is eye candy. It it was
1: it was a long road for sure
0: trust me there was a a long
1: time at the beginning i'm I'm talking about way before like toy photography way before the instagram account like early 2000s where i was like i don't think i'm ever going to understand this color contrast next to other color kind of situational thinking and i owe it all to like the instructors that kind of held my hand through the way um it was just it was great
0: Wow. That's incredible, man. You give me hope for myself and for many, many people out there that want to get as good as you are. That's incredible, man. So, I mean, I'm curious now, how do you approach toy photography? Because originally you've approached this as a community aspect and wanted that interaction. Are you now more interested in the process of your photography or the posting process?
1: I think, so it's funny because listening to the cast that you had just done with uh, very recently and with Jason uh, work more or less, he kind of said that it is like a little of both, right? And I completely agree with him on that. It's like, I love the process. The idea of just shooting photos, I will spend hours upon hours trying to get the right one photo sometimes. Um, And then even more so in editing. I, I love the editing process is my favorite part of the process of shooting um but that said the conversations and the responses from the community and stuff like that not even like the response on my my my, po- my post that i just posted it's like what that then turns into like the i'll have a dm from someone and be like oh dude you just posted this shot of darth maul oh man i love darth maul because of this and that and they'll kind of go into talking about the clone wars cartoons and then so it's like it's kind of like how that one informs the other right the process informs the interaction in a way and i love that
0: aspect that is so freaking cool man and you know like I mentioned before and i'll mention it probably again before the interview's out you know you and your lengthy captions keep the <laughs> the engagement going and i am starting to really question whether or not i uh, whether i care because of the length of my my oh, engagements no. on my posts. i'm like oh no. do i really care as much as tom does <laughs> like i really need to step up my game on my comments
1: <laughs> my my comments are um i i have a hard time you might even pick up on this from me speaking. I'm a hard. I'm very verbose. I I use like I think about things in great detail. I, I'm a classic overthinker, and that comes out in the way that I speak, the way that I write, and the, uh, the way I interact with people. Like honestly, when I'm talking with someone in my own head, there's a little me yelling, "Hey Tom, shut the hell up! <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop now. No one cares. Let them talk and listen." It's like that's constantly happening in my own head and the same thing when i'm writing it's um I, I use my page though as like a open journal for myself like a lot of it is my own thought process so the lot of stuff that you're seeing that are like long captions are really just my internal ramblings um right. if someone reads it and we respond to it oh my god that that makes my day like honestly i will go off and we'll have a long lengthy back and forth conversation in the comments and it'll be great or we'll transition that over to dm and it's even better but i fully expect Maybe that's like 2% of the people that look at my page.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it, and you know, it's interesting that you look at it as a journal and almost like a I – w- I don't know if the, the word memoir is correct or not here in this usage, but – Um, it's something that you're able to kind of look into your life and what you're going through. And, you know, you still to this day kind of focus, uh, with the pop culture. You're very aware with what's being released, being able to use that as a inspiration for your account and your, your photos, man, it's so enjoyable and your content is just it's eye candy, man. And it's also eye candy for the, you know, the part of reading the things that you say. So, you know, kudos to you, man. Are are you ever interested in maybe like writing a book or something like that?
1: Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> because, because I stress when I write, um, uh, like seriously, write. Uh, I've been, um, featured like bless these people, but, um, you know, exclude collective has asked me to be, I was a cover artist of issue seven. So I had to write like, you know, a thing for that. Uh, Dan Leonard, you know, Tiny Epic Photos with his uh, "Where Toys" in, or "With Toys in Mind" account asked me to take part in his book. And doing the photos and kind of being an artist came easy in those. Writing the supplement that went with it was the stuff that I stressed about until like the very end, where I was like, "Okay, Tom, you did everything else. You got to sit down and you got to do the writing." I do wow. find. When I actually, once I get like the first few sentences down, I can kind of flow. But I definitely write like I think and like I talk, and it's a lot of rambling. And I do, you know, it's, I don't think anyone would want to read a full book of that personally. Um, but I don't know, I think writing a book would stress me
0: out a little too much okay I'm, i that actually surprises me because you know just your open dialogue i i figured that you would have been just like i'm ready to write you know my seven page or my, my seven book novel that i've planned for years
1: <laughs> if, if it comes off that way then man i i'm so thankful that i've been able to fool everybody that i'm not a scared little boy online <laughs> just you, you,
0: you fooled me you definitely <laughs> fooled me that's awesome man I, I know that you love to shoot the Hot Toys collectibles figures. And I want to ask you this um, just as a fun question. Is that your favorite line of figures to shoot? And if not, what is?
1: I would say yes, Hot Toys is definitely my favorite. Um, thing to shoot like when I look at one of the hot toys figures on my shelf I can really take in the amount of detail it's beautiful it's great and I love it right that's what most of my display cases are all full of hot toys I have a lot of one in twelve 12 uh, figures whether they be legends you know some uh, mesco stuff and sh figures and beyond but none of those are actually displayed on any of my shelves um, they used to be back in the day but now they all like live in bins and stuff like that but like all ah.
0: of-
1: but all my hot toys are in my, my shelves. And But when I get them in front of my camera, I am seeing things that my eyes, even though I've been told by doctors that I have twenty twenty 20 vision, uh, but when I put them in front of my camera with my macro lens and stuff like that, I am seeing stuff that I never saw before. And I don't know. I feel like I'm able to kind of, um, when I capture it, I get a different even love and appreci- appreciation of what craft Hot Toys puts into these figures. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they are definitely my favorite, um, I would say, for sure.
0: Do you have a favorite Hot Toy figure itself? Like, is there one that, that trumps all the other ones?
1: Oh, yes, of course. And that would be very easy for me to answer. Uh, it is uh,
0: the 1-6 scale figure by Hot Toys Collectibles, Doctor
1: Strange, from uh, the original Doctor Strange movie.
0: Nice! The, what makes it your favorite?
1: The suit. Uh, his costume in that movie is so detailed with the amount of folds and the amount of patterning that's happening on it. And the fact that hot toys went above and beyond and captured all that in that costume. I, I, again, I want to use quote unquote costume, because it's not really a costume. It's, you know, it's kind of like garb in a way instead, Right. Uh, but it is just, it looks beautiful in hand. It photographs beautifully. Um, and even for photography, it's a great canvas for someone like me who likes to do like a lot of digital edits for me to kind of just go above and beyond and do like, you know, have fun with, you know, trying to make magic effects and stuff like that.
0: That's incredible, man. One of the things that I really loved about your cover for Exclude Collective, was it number seven that you said? Yeah, yeah, number seven. Number seven, the one you did, the Batman uh, Suicide Squad Uh, Shot and then you did. Was that the Suicide Squad? I don't want to misquote. Yeah, no, you're
1: absolutely right. It was the Suicide Squad version uh, of the
0: Batman figure. Yeah, I thought it was. And then you did a variant also, and that was with the Doctor Strange, right? Yes, it was. Man, I loved that cover. That was to me. That is like the all-time best X-Clue cover, hands down. It really is. I love it. It's
1: like uh, Richie Nose Rain. Um, When I first originally posted that, he wrote to me as like dude this is my favorite thing you've ever done and when he said that to me because in my head it was personally the thing I was the most proud of that I've ever done and that's something I tried when Blue asked me to be the cover artist of course I put like a lot of stress on myself to be like okay I'm gonna be on the cover of this where previously before me we had Trevor Williams we had Jack Navarro, we had like amazing like like Artists that I can only look up to and aspire to be as creative and as amazingly proficient as they are, right. and I was following them. Like I, it has to be the best I could possibly do, and so I did that, and I was proud of it. And to have Richie, another artist who I like, look up to, um, who does amazing stuff, him say that to me, it's just like I, I, I don't know. I still get giddy over
0: it inside. Dude, it really is amazing. Like, I still, to this day, I have, like, an ongoing collection of, of shots that I rotate in my mind that I use as inspiration. And that Batman shot, because I'm a huge Batman fan, that Batman shot on that cover to this day is just inspiration. I can just bring it up in my head, and I'm like, okay, now I know I know where I need to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. That Batman one was actually a challenge, too, because um, the... I did the Doctor Strange one first, and then I knew I wanted Batman to be shot in the exact same kind of way, so it could be a very easy swap for, for Jack, who runs x Collective, to kind of be like, all right, here's the two different covers, I like could swap where the titling was." And trying to recreate a shot with your next shot, even with like an entirely different figure, different color palette, different everything, is a challenge. Uh, and that was actually the photo that I ended up being on the cover is a combination of three different photos all in one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I couldn't get the Cape to do what I wanted to do. So I ended up taking the Cape and cowl off and shooting that separately. And then digitally sewing that back into the photo after the fact.
0: So. I never would have known that that's amazing. And I think I saw behind the scenes where you actually shot the figure upside down. Is that right?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, both figures. Um, just so that way, so Batman was great because his cape has, actually both figures have wires in their cape, but Hot Toys, um, their wiring is definitely made for, you know, subtle flows. It's not made to sustain the cape because they're bigger capes, right? Like if you took a, a Mezco cape and tried to make it like upside down, you could probably pull it off because they're, they're small capes, not a lot of weight. Right. Uh, the Hot Toys capes, they, they actually weigh a lot on their own, right? So the wires would slowly droop back down. So to kind of get it so that they're kind of both flowing down, I kind of had to root, rotate the, the figure around so the cape was already looked like it was flowing down on its own.
0: That's amazing. And the fact that you were able to just think of that outside of the box and shoot like that, because I've never shot anything upside down. That's incredible. So did you use a Hot Toys stand to be able to achieve that? Yep.
1: yep. Both uh, I think both figures I used uh, just a standard dynamic flight stand, which is something Hot Toys use to sell. Back in the day, which has a nice wide base, um, a little arm that you can kind of move around with a clip on it, and I yeah I just edited out the stand and post. actually, I don't even think I had to edit out the stand on Batman because Batman being naturally like more of a darker figure, the stand kind of just faded into the darkness into the shadows, so it kind of just like got lost in there and it was kind of perfect for my editing
0: that is amazing well. We are actually going to take a short break, and we will get right back to this amazing interview with Iva Watu on the Toy Photographers Podcast. I I mean, I I could have been recording. That was some good stuff right there. Let's see. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're recording. Hey, you're recorded, sir. Okay.
1: Oh, oh, is that what we're doing?
0: Oh Oh my God. god. Oh yep. I'm. I'm recording this information, so you'll you'll be recorded for the uh, for the uh, federal government. Um. <laughs> I, I
1: won't tell you about the bodies I have in my closet. It's all good.
0: Oh, uh, we already know about the bodies. We already know about the bodies, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, we will have our uh, manager take care of that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the manager? <laughs> Is this like Walmart. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, yeah, clean up on aisle. Uh, Tom, aisle Tom. <laughs> just
1: to have my i work hard for this
0: well welcome back everybody we're already getting right back into it to the toy photographers podcast this has been a most excellent episode i am loving every minute of it with mr tom aka i of a watu welcome back sir
1: thank you sir thank you very excited to get back into it
0: I am too, man. I'm going to just drop this mic real quick for you here. And I love to ask this question to you guys who have a bigger following. But do you see yourself as an influencer? And how does it really affect you as an artist when you have that big a following?
1: Okay, that's actually, that's a really good question. Um, I definitely don't see myself as an influencer, um, though I do have people being like, oh, I really love this shot and it got me to buy this figure. And honestly, that's more of like a compliment um, of the work itself than it is feeling like an influencer. I'm like, wow, you you like this figure enough to, that you're going to go spend your harder money on that. But I'm like, I'm trying to put the figures that I like the most out there the best way I can. So I'm like, okay, I love this figure. So I'm hoping you guys do too and you end up buying it. Um, influencer, though, um, I feel like that these days, in, you know, 2019, it means something, right? Yeah. Uh, something different. I'm not I, I'm not an influencer for any products. I'm not under anybody's contract. Uh, yes, I do have a, a, a social collectibles link on my page, but that's something that I reach out to them about to, like, fill out an application for, stuff like that. That's not them coming to me, seeing my follower count or anything like that. Um, so not in that regard, but having um a certain number of followers definitely affects what i end up posting um i wouldn't say that it changes a lot of what i like i take pictures of and like what i end up like doing when i'm at going out there and shooting photos right but um i know we, we talked about this a little bit before but you know i post a certain amount of photos but for every photo i post there's probably like uh, 60 or so you guys don't see um really and that's yeah. Yes. Very much so. Like my, my camera roll on my phone slash uh, my camera uh, card is always filled out to the max. It has, I think my phone has about like 56,000 photos on it or something like that. Now it's gross.
0: Um, wow. but
1: yeah, it's, that's, it's just, that's the thing. It's like, because I have so many eyes or like so many followers or follower count number, I'm more hypercritical upon myself and what I end up putting out forward. If I'm not Absolutely, 100% happy with the shot. Um, I will most of the time not post it. There are times when I'll say in the comments, "Like I'm not 100% sure of this, but um, I always run my like a couple of my shots through like some of my friends and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'll send some stuff to Richie. I'll send stuff to uh, Matt, who's you know roll the hard six stuff like that, and nice. like they'll kind of tell me like, "Oh, I like this. I don't like this. That kind of stuff." Um, and if they really like it and if I've been on the fence with it, I'll end up posting it, but having a certain number of people like see about to see it, I'm always worried about putting my best foot forward. So if it's not what I'm thinking is the best I could possibly be doing with this idea or concept, I won't post it. So I think that's probably the biggest change since wow. hitting a, a milestone, if you were.
0: That takes a lot of self-control, man, because, you know, as creative people, we want to be able to put stuff out there yeah. and having that self-control to be able to say, you know, this isn't my best. I can redo this or I can you know, shoot something more interesting. You know, I've struggled with that personally, and that takes a lot of uh, insight and knowing what is your best. That takes a lot of, you know, self-awareness, knowing what is your best. What is the thing that you could do better? And like we said before we press record, you know, everyone as an artist is, you know, their own worst critic. And so when you're looking at something critically, sometimes maybe, maybe we can, you know, be too harsh. And, you know, it's great to have that feedback where you're able to send to a friend and, you know, send a Richie or send a Matt and be able to get some feedback and say, Hey, man, this is really solid stuff. You know, I, I do that with Scott blind. And uh, that's something that I love, being able to have that dialogue. And right. uh, it's amazing just being able to, you know, bounce back with them. That's, that's so cool, man. Having so, a,
1: a sounding board helps out, like, tremendously with that kind of thing. Because, you know, like, like you said exactly, like, we get in our own head about it. And, like, we could be the most hypercritical of things that no one else would ever even notice about our work. Right. Right. Especially with like, if we're talking Instagram specifically, it's this tiny little frame on our tiny little phones that no one's actually like looking at every tiny little detail. When I'm working and I'm digitally like removing dust and stuff like that from my my pictures, I'm like zoomed in 600, 700% where things look, I'm like seeing the pixels. You couldn't see the pixels if your phone was the size of a house on like half these pictures. Oh my so god! Like you know, so like no one else is ever seeing this stuff, but I am, and that's the stuff I work up about.
0: But I think that's what sets you apart, though, and makes your content so good is that you have that attention to detail, and the fact that you're willing to go the extra mile makes it that much more enjoyable. I,
1: yeah, I, I definitely think like um, you know putting that onus on yourself, I'm like okay. I think a lot of us artists kind of go through this where when we come up with an idea for a shot, I think a lot of us instantly have an idea in our head of what that would kind of look like. Right. And so if you set up the shot and you take it, and it's just not quite hitting that idea that you had in your head. I personally, and I'm sure this is the same for most people can't be helped, but be disappointed by that. Right. Cause it's not, it's not quite what I had envisioned. Right. So if it maybe doesn't come out in that, photo session um i don't have like you know jason said in his um uh interview where he has a special room kind of set aside he can kind of like leaves stuff set up and have lighting set up i don't have um a specific setup a lot of my moments like i'm going out there and shooting in like my parking garage or stuff like that i'm not gonna go leave my hot toy in the parking garage um so right <laughs> it's like maybe i'll take it back i'll go home and then i'll take it back out another day and i'll try again you know as it, it depends on what the idea if the idea meant that much to me and I really want to put that out there into the world like how can I possibly get what is in my head onto this um this photo that I'll try for as many times as it takes
0: that's incredible so I'm actually going to go back I'm a backtrack in the script because I skipped a question and I want to ask you this now and now that you're talking about it is how long does it take you to get a shot that's in your head Till it's ready to be posted like what's the timeline
1: so um, the funny thing is, is like the timeline can range right um, it, it like again going back to the shot that if you're looking at my page recently I did you know the dark mall Kylo Ren stuff that was like me just on a whim taking some pictures really quick. Um, and then I edited it while watching. I'm currently slowly going through Naruto um, for the very first time, so like I was like editing it while watching nice. like, episodes of Naruto, and that's just in the background. So like my attention is like kind of half divided. So sometimes it could just be an hour, or sometimes it could be ten hours. It, it ranges. Um, there are some shots uh, that I will deliberate on literally for like a month or two months before you guys see it, uh, and sometimes. Wow. I'll yeah, I'll shelve it, and then I'll come back like a month later. I'm like, okay, let me get back into editing this this photo that I took because I do believe in the bones that I, you know, actually captured on camera. What can I do with the editing to kind of bring it to the life that I saw in my head? So yeah, wow. it can range a lot. And I know, I think you even said in a previous cast that it takes you about ten hours uh, on average. And I think, I think honestly, if I were to average it all out, I'd be about the same
0: with you okay about 10 hours
1: yeah that's amazing man or it could be the 10 hours so you never know
0: yeah it, it you know it's funny right now i actually i had to uh, offload my camera because i'm getting hopefully ready to upgrade to a new fuji film um very soon and i had just posted a, a shot to my account today and Oh, and that to me, I I felt almost dirty, like the fact that I didn't take a long time (laughs) to be able to get it ready to post. And I know that sounds stupid, but like it's goes back to that mentality is if I'm not working hard at my craft and I'm not putting in the and putting in the hours and I feel like it's not worth the time to do it. So I may archive some of those shots. I know a lot of people (laughs) do that where they're like, you know what, I'm not really proud of this and I'll archive it. But, you know, I. um...
1: I would not. So personally, I have actually a pretty like strong feeling about the whole archiving thing. I don't think you should ever go through an archive shots. And this is just a really. Yeah. So I've only archived one shot ever. And that was. Yeah. And that's only because I personally wasn't ready to hit like a certain milestone for my posts where I was like, okay, I wasn't ready to hit a thousand. Let me archive one or two that way. I don't quite hit a thousand just yet because <laughs> I don't want it to be this personal milestone thing, but I like seeing the journey, the fails, the triumphs, the whole thing. So wow. if, I don't, if I'm not liking a shot, chances are, you'll see me instead maybe turn off comments or something like that, or do something a little bit different, but it will live on the page as a reminder to myself. Like this is where I was at this time. You could either do better or, Keep keep going. Just keep on um, getting sh- striving for that goal that you're trying to hit.
0: Man, that is that. I, mean, I don't know why that makes me cringe because like I have <laughs> so many shots that I have archived, and now I'm like rethinking. I'm like maybe I need to go back. But I think everybody has their own method when it comes to yeah. this this madness that we call Instagram. I got some uh some big questions for you here now. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw these rapid fire at you if you want yeah. to if you want to see what you have in mind and in store for our listeners. Do you have any like big moments that you look in, in your journey as a toy photographer that you're like, okay, pinch me. Did that actually happen?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so I did a shot a little while ago, of um, you know, it was right after the, the late great Stan Lee passed away where I did like a memorial to Stan Lee kind of photo. And oh, was like yeah. My impression of like what that kind of, what his, uh, legacy meant to me. Um, and seeing not just the response that that got, but that photo winding up in a school newspaper in Texas. And they re- reached out to me like, hey, what? Newspaper? And then I was reposted by Heavy Metal, the magazine. And like, you know, like all these, it, it got, it, it took on a life of its own, right? And that was like, like I will never be this guy where I could do this on a consistent basis, but I will ride this wave while I can. I feel like, there's something about it though, like, you know, feeling, we were talking about feeling dirty a second ago through archiving. I kind of feel a little bit dirty in the way that it is. Like I'm not ever trying to ride on the coattails of like a negative moment um, at all, but it just happened right. to be on, you know, this amazing man who meant a lot to me. So I did this post for him and I, d- I don't want it to be like, Oh, i used use the death of Stan Lee to kind of like further myself. But it was just, it kind of like had, it took on that life that I just, I couldn't stop and, Uh, I just appreciated everybody's kind of like love of it. Yeah, that was definitely one of those things that blew me away.
0: That post for me is one of those posts that I will always remember. Like it's an amazing post, dude. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, I think, I think you need to frame that and blow that up if you haven't already. (laughs)
1: I I haven't. I've been planning on doing a, um, you know, a a little special like print, maybe like one of the year kind of anniversaries of after he had passed. I want to do a print of it and donate the money, the proceeds that goes to to like um, the Hero Initiative, which raises money for a lot of um, creators of uh, comics and uh, the artists, writers that didn't kind of get their contracts right when they first started off because it wasn't the same world we live in today where everything is contract based. Um, and like kind of give back to that. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting till I get my own ideas and affairs in order to kind of get that, see it through to fruition to do that. But I I, I do plan on doing that at some point.
0: Wow. That'll be awesome. I can't wait to see it when it's on your wall, man. That's going to be a beautiful piece for sure. So now that you've kind of mentioned, that's a, that's a big win for you, like, and you like like you said, you don't want to ride on the coattails of anything negative, you know, where do you kind of first see yourself to be, you know, let's just look, you know, in the future, where do you want to be in 10 years, you know, with your toy photography, your toy photography journey? Um, what do you see yourself doing in the future?
1: I mean, so it's hard to tell. I mean, I feel like the internet changes day over day, right? It's like a completely new animal every day you wake up kind of thing. Like, and it's honestly all on the backs of like, what. Uh, apps like instagram decide to do with their platform right we're kind of we're all using their platform if they want to change up the game we're all kind of just taking the backseat ride along with them Uh, i personally for my own work i just want to keep going and keep learning and keep trying new techniques i definitely do the thing where whenever i hang out with other artists um, like I hang out with uh, Nightwing2110 and he's more of a like here let me use these dios and stuff like that. And so I'm trying to like learn dio stuff from him or I've hung out and shot alongside of Jacks Plastic Action before and he'll use like kind of crazy special effects and wire stuff and I'm trying to like learn stuff from him. So it's like I want to keep learning from the other artists that are out there and out there doing stuff that you know I'm inspired by. Um, so hopefully just kind of keep progressing that craft. Um, and this is really just a kind of a creative outlet for me. So I don't really see it as being anything that's going to like become my new profession. I don't think that it's a professionable career yet. Maybe 10 years from now it will be. And maybe that's the thing, but who knows what the future may bring, but I'm just going to just keep trying to work on the art and just kind of improve myself.
0: Man, that's incredible. I definitely foresee you to be a pillar in this community for many, many years to come because just the type of person that you are and the quality of person that you are, you know, we need more people like you, sir. So that's going to be incredible to see your journey along that road.
1: Thank you. Uh, where do you
0: see yourself in 10 years? Actually? Oh, if, Oh, you know? Oh man. Oh, okay. All right. I and, can, you know, I can easily answer, like answer that question. Well, actually, you know, I mentioned before I have a diorama company. Um, I mm-hmm. foresee myself to be, kind of going in a more uh, out of the box format with that, you know, I actually would love to be able to create a space for uh, diorama creators and toy photographers on a global scale and to be able to have a hub in every big city where people can go and meet. And I want to, I don't know the name for it yet, but I want to create a space that can basically toy photographers can come and take their their figures and take their cameras and have dioramas you know hundreds of setups
1: They're already now, set up
0: in a, in a in a space that's you know beautifully lit a beautifully designed space where you you can come in and I don't know how I'm going to do it just yet you know, all the specifics but I want to create a platform to be able to connect this community and you know if there's an investor out there listening to this and they say hey that sounds profitable message me let's do it (laughs) i want to do it you know i i really foresee this community becoming something so much more than it already is because you know when you when you create when you create with like-minded people great things happen you know what i mean so i want i want to have that space man i really do in 10 years i foresee toy photography being this this mainstream, not in the negative sense, but a very accessible thing that, you know, people aren't limited to their house where they can go to a place and it's seven days a week where they can go meet up and go shoot and have plenty of, of opportunities to have, you know, figures to be able to shoot, you know, all the specifics aside, I want to create a community that's going to be potentially the sky's the limit. So that's sure. what I want to
1: I gotta be completely honest with you. I'm like getting goosebumps just even thinking about that idea. Because (laughs) that idea of like me not having to go out there and buy a specific dio that I'm gonna have to find a place to store in my house, something like that. But I can actually go to a place, knowing that there's like you know there's the one twelve dio area, there's the one six dio area, and I can kind of go, bring my figures, do some shots, meet up with other people in the community and collaborate on stuff like in person. Like, hey, what do you guys want to go today? Instead, of like doing the shots in the park that would always stress me out with having like people walk by like, Ew, what are they doing? Like you're going to a place where it is like everybody there is there for the love of the toy photos and
0: like the community itself. And Oh,
1: I love that idea. And I fully back it.
0: Fully Thank back, you, it. man. Thank you. I want to do it. I, I, you know, I've always said this to anybody who asked me this question. I foresee toy photography, getting bigger and bigger. But I want it to be a closer knit community as it gets bigger. So the way you do that is you provide a space to be able to connect. And just like, you know, basketball players go play basketball on the basketball court together and you get better as you play with better players. You want to get better at photography, better at, you know, your craft, go be with people that are the Michael Jordans, the, you know, the Kobe Bryants of toy photography, That, that way you can enjoy it more. You know what I mean? It's going to be more enjoyable as you progress in your hobby. It's not enjoyable if you just stay stagnant. But well, yeah, man, I'm, I'm so excited. I get chills just thinking about it. Just like thinking of a network uh, that's going to be global. You know what I mean? It's going to be so much yeah. fun.
1: I could see that being like, you know, you kind of start off in the major cities and then from there kind of spans out because it's like that, like, um, you know, the company we work where it is like everybody kind of get together and kind of work together in like a place because people work better, surrounded by other people also doing work that, you know, are diligent about it, creative people, they inspire one another. Um, and if they're all doing the kind of same thing, exactly as you said, you kind of pick up, you know, techniques and things like that from your fellow photographers or fellow artists and to kind of share those minds and kind of maybe work through a problem with another person. It makes all the difference. Like I did a, um, a toy safari Uh, through uh, toyphotographers.com they run a toy safari every year and I did one last year and you know I went with um, you know Richie was there and Jax was there and like so many amazing artists were there like Eva and Eric um, you know just fantastic people and I picked up so many different techniques being surrounded by you know 30 different artists that I was just blown away and I couldn't imagine being able to do that on like a weekly basis.
0: Wow. Which, yeah, I love that safari. I followed that every single time you guys posted and I was like seeing so many cool uh interactions between everybody. That was a really fun experience you guys had and I really wanted to be a part. I was sitting on my phone on my couch. I was like, man, I wish I was doing that with those guys.
1: Too that thing that you your your concept is basically putting that idea into cities, like into a place that yes. you go to on a weekend. It's not like you don't have to plan for an entire year what this safari is going to be it's like no let's it's saturday what am i doing oh hey let's go over to whatever you want to decide to name it and let's go to shoot some photos together let's go do that let's meet up there
0: exactly like- and that is that is the goal that is the plan dude i could just daydream all day about that like i literally have so many ideas and so many plans and if anybody tries to steal it you know what i'm saying hey more power to him. You know, I want it to happen. I'm <laughs> not trying answer. to. I'm not going to be the overlord of this community. I don't own anything. All I want to do is promote and to you know to be to be a a positive force for good just, in this community.
1: Uh, on Top of that, not being Dakota saying that if you do decide to try to steal that idea, bring Dakota in on it. Obviously, the guy has great ideas. Bring him in. Have him help you out. Help him be like the the spearhead on this because I think he's going to do it right.
0: Thank you, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely have more ideas and then I hold some of them close to my chest because I know I got some, (laughs) some aces in the hole for sure. Um, I, uh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm so glad that you asked me that question. I've been wanting to talk about it and no one has asked me that yet. So thank you for asking me.
1: Of course. I was so intrigued. I'm like, I, it's hard to think about the future. Right. And so like when everybody asks me and I'm like put on the spot, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this is so difficult to think about it. And then you ask it back. And to get the instant response, I'm like, I love knowing that people have been like dreaming about their plans, their, their goals, their like, you know, their drive, what, you know, pushes them forward. And I think that that's what inspires us all is kind of like, what's next? And kind exactly. of bringing that to, how, do you, how do you bring that to today?
0: Exactly. And that's the that's the attitude and the reason why I started 112 Collective Feature Page. That's the reason why I do my toy photography. That's the whole attitude behind it. It's not to it's not to take away, but it's to give. It, you know, if you're giving, you're going to get back. So it's that that you know karma initiative where you're able to the things you've invested in, they will come back to you eventually. You know, it may not be right away, but it'll happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. Love
0: it. So I got a question for you here. Um, is is there a shot, and I'm going to call this a grail shot that you have not done yet, that you kind of have in your mind, or maybe you're working on? that uh that you haven't posted is there something that you want to share maybe that you're like this is the end all be all grail shots or maybe one that you've already done
1: so um when i was getting to a thousand posts i'm actually nearing oh god very nearing two thousand posts this might have been a little while ago but, although i think i posted a lot in the past thousand posts so maybe not that long um i had intended on taking all of my Marvel superhero 1/6 scale figures and doing a big action sequence. This is before Endgame came out, but I guess it's easy enough to, you know, equate it to that moment in Endgame when all the entire Marvel universe kind of pops out of those portals and have them all kind of like together rushing the camera like that was like my big kind of dream shot and i didn't quite get it i posted a couple shots from different angles um i couldn't get the shot of them all together because you know i have like i think about 30 to 40 different marble hot toy figures so it was like hard to kind of get in one frame um but i would love to figure out a way and i think i got to play with verticality a little bit more and i think that's where i kind of fell off and trying to get them all in there uh oh, man I, that, would probably, that would probably be the one but I'm trying to you know, and I know even Jason brought this up um, a couple episodes ago where it's like it's it's hard getting full body hot toys. Imagine trying to do that with 30 full body hot toys. <laughs> you
0: would it's, need it's, a it's, massive, massive backdrop. You would need like something need out in the desert.
1: i a studio to do this. <laughs> That's what I would need. So, you know, yeah. What? When you come up with this and you make that a real space, I will return to this idea and I will make it an actual thing.
0: <laughs> oh dude, it's gonna be oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I, I I could literally make a almost like a football stadium sized that that's how that's how big I literally envision it to be. Like yeah. I don't envision it, it to be like like the size of like a, you know, comic shop. I envision it to be like a football stadium size where like people can go in and have backdrops that are like 30 40 foot long you know what i'm saying like have incredible I, yeah. amount of uh, back uh, you know space to work with
1: well when you're shooting with dios especially it's a lot of you got to play with space in a way where you're not just thinking about the background it's easy enough to think about the background but playing with the foreground is what sets a character in that space so if you have a nice like long diorama to shoot You want your character not in front of it all. You want him somewhere in the middle so you can kind of use some good foreground elements. And I know Jason talked about this again. And I'm going to keep bringing up Jason because he's amazing. And I had just
0: asked
1: like two days ago. And he's an amazing inspirational artist and an incredible designer that I could only wish to be one day. And like playing with the space in front of the character is what makes it live there. And, And you need a football size level space yeah i want to be able to do that with multiple people multiple setups things like that so for sure i see that
0: that would be an epic shot man whenever you do it and hopefully you do it whenever we have the hub the toy photography hub or whatever we call it we're gonna like frame that and like blow it up and put it on a a poster board somewhere downtown la or something that would be (laughs) sick I would give it
1: to you guys a hundred percent to just use for whatever you would want. <laughs>
0: that, would, that would have to be like that would literally have to be like the poster that we use for the entire thing. That would be amazing. That
1: would be awesome.
0: All right, so let's move more into the community aspect. I know you wanted to talk about this, man. Um, where do you think the action figure community, the toy community, the toy photography community? really needs to focus on. And, you know, when I say that, like, what do you think we can be uh, better at as human beings? And what are the things we do good at? What are the things we're not good at? Let's just, let's break it down.
1: Well, we started to talk about it in the beginning a little bit about, you know, shooting for likes, shooting for tolerance, that kind of stuff. And I think that that's a, that's a mentality that I think that if you're shooting for that stuff, try to step back from caring about how many likes your photo gets, how many comments your photo gets, and instead focus in on the work itself. Focus on the passion of why you're doing what you're doing so people respond to the passion even. If you don't maybe have the techniques down yet, that'll all come in time. And I think, you know, a lot of people on there, I, I want to say Spencer brought this up, Jesse brought this up, Jason brought this up. We're all here. We're all here working together. Ask each, Ask anybody... You, who, like, maybe you look up to ideas, pointers, things like that, and they'll help you out with the technique stuff. But the passion is not something that we can help. That you have to bring yourself. So if you're coming at it with a passion, I think that that's how you're going to succeed in the community. And I think that that's something where the community is founded, actually, on that idea. Like, we love toys. We love the things that are toys are made licensed from whether it be star wars whether it be marvel whether it be you know master chief from halo or things like that like they're they're the properties that we love and the reason why we own these figures is because we love it bring that love to the work don't worry about any of the other stuff i think one of the ideas that instagram themselves had that i actually thought was controversially pretty smart was hiding the amount of likes um because i do think that it will, it will kind of get you to stop Stressing about, well, the photo I just posted only did 100 likes. It only did 50 likes. I did the session. And I only got 100 likes Yet 500 people did it. How does that work? Don't even stress it. Don't worry about it. Right. Get out there. Shoot another shot. Post again. There's always another day. There's always another picture. There's always another thing. Like I I have, um, at, as of today, like I think 11,000 followers or something like that. I'll post something. It'll get 200 likes. That's what? one percent of the amount of followers i have i know that could be considered a fail but i don't consider it a fail because i like the photo enough to post it so there we go it's out there i did my thing and i'll move on to the next one it is what it is and you just kind of keep going
0: that is a great great way to look at it because we have mentioned it before the algorithm on instagram it doesn't make sense it you know you're not able to view the people's photos That you follow on your homepage, unless you're just constantly going through intentionally liking every post, it doesn't, it just doesn't really work. Having that mentality is like, you just, it makes you love the craft so much more when you're able to just post and just say, I did it. I enjoyed it you know, a thousand likes or 50 likes, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? The likes, it's just really, if you, if you break it down in a simple, stupid way to look at it, it's just somebody taking their thumb and tapping a screen. You know what I mean? That's all it is. You know, at the end of the day, is that really going to make you sleep better? Is that really going to, you know, make you feel better about yourself? You know,
1: if you focus on that, you then just end up stressing about that. And you're not even like, Caring about your work anymore, you're more shooting towards likes, which is an impossible thing because of the algorithm, as you mentioned. It's like, it's funny because like, if I follow a new person, I like two of their pictures or something like that. The next ten posts in my feed, guaranteed, are stuff from their page, which means that, like I said earlier in the cast, like I follow about two thousand different people. That means that there is one thousand nine hundred ninety nine people that I'm not seeing. And wow. what does that mean? Like, do I never see their stuff? Yes, that's exactly what it means. It's terrible. It doesn't mean that their pictures aren't good. Their pictures are great. That's the reason why I follow them in the first place. Exactly. But it, it's not, it likes, comments, that stuff is not indicative of your work, especially in uh, an algorithm based social media world. Um, you got to stop paying attention to it, caring about it, because it's going to only like drain your enthusiasm of what got you into the hobby in the first place. You probably got into it because you liked seeing other people shoot photos, or maybe you just really liked, I noticed a lot of people on the cast started because of The Force Awakens, you like Star Wars. Um,
0: Yeah. Get back to that love,
1: just find that love and you'll be fine.
0: I love this quote that says, do what you love and everything else will kind of fall in line. Like, yeah. if you just love what you do and you're passionate about what you do and you're not doing it to, like, impress anybody, but you're doing it because you love it. Oh, my gosh. I, I know this is funny. I actually bring this up because I know that you're a big Tom Misch fan, right? You like Tom Misch?
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, yes, I do like Tom Misch.
0: Okay, so he has this one quote on his album Geography that says at the very beginning of the album, he says, um, I don't think it's him. It's actually another guy He's saying if you if you love what you do, if you do what you love, you're going to get good at your craft. But also like you have to put in the hours where like if you weren't getting paid for this, if you weren't, you know, getting notoriety for this, I guess we could look at it from that aspect. If we weren't getting likes, would you still be doing it? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you didn't have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers or 11,000 followers, like, would you still be doing it? And the answer for us is yes, we would still be doing it. We would still be taking the photos because it doesn't matter about the algorithm. It doesn't matter about the things we can get back from it because we're artists. You know, we want to create. And I
1: I would draw my sketchbook every day, regardless if I show it to anybody or not. You know, it's the exact same thing. Like my sketchbook is for me. Therefore, my photography is for me. I just happen to post it every now and again. Like I said, it's like one out of 60 that I'll post. So it's it's not for everybody else. It's for me. As long as I enjoy it, I'll throw it out there into the world. And if everybody else likes it, great. If not no big skin off my back. Just keep going.
0: Nice. I know you live out there in California and this is a crazy side comment <laughs> question. I know you live out there. Um, do you have any like views or personal like methods on healthy living exercise, et cetera? Like how do you kind of incorporate that into your daily routine and and does that affect your toy photography or what, how do you kind of view it? Uh, that's a
1: very, wow. That is a very interesting question. Um, and I think that, I think what Jesse said is something that kind of like resonated with me in a way, where he's like, if you're on that exercise bike, you're kind of like forced to think about things and kind of like reflect inward, right? Um, And I always felt with a healthy body comes a healthy mind. However, I say that, but up until exactly one month ago, for the past two and a half years, I had been, I have a lot of. Mental health um, things with like you know I suffer from depression. I'll, I'll be out there like I'll talk about it openly. Um, I suffer from depression, anxiety, um, you know all this kind of stuff. ADD, I, I have that diagnosed. With ADD, like that kind of stuff, and it's just like it, it's hard to just mitigate the daily life. So for the past two years, I kind of fell in like a weird spot where I used to work out every day, um, and it was the best mental health I've ever been in, best physical health I've ever been in. Uh, and it was bad for a while. And that's kind of funny enough. That kind of like coincides with when I was doing the, when I kind of got really serious about toy photography. I was spending like all my free time doing that. And I was kind of getting a little bit of the benefit that I used to get from going to the gym back from like conversations with people. It's like that same kind of thing. Uh, but now that I'm doing toy photography at the same time that I restarted back up at a gym, I'm going four days a week, I I do feel a lot more better in my mind because like Jesse said, I'm thinking about more of things while I'm doing other stuff I'm doing something good for my body. But while I'm doing that, I'm also thinking about like, okay, Hey, I got, I got to pay this bill when I get home. I got to do this, I'm getting my life in order. And I, I'm, you know, it's, it's good for you in body and mind. So I'm not the poster boy for it, uh, if you saw me, I'm definitely not the most boy for clean and healthy living. I drink beer, I smoke marijuana, that kind of stuff. But otherwise I, I do try to, you know, not let myself go too far.
0: Right. And that's amazing though that you can look back and notice that the last two years of your life, whenever you were doing some of the the most artistic things, is when you were and you're advancing your toy photography craft it was you know, you were working out. And so that's something that I love to do as well. And I actually, my job is very physical, so I don't have to work out, but I actually do go, you know, I'll go hit the treadmill for 10 minutes. And for me, I actually, what I do is I run a mile in 10 minutes. And then after that, I hit the, hit the weights. And that to me, dude, I get into this headspace where I'm so positive and I'm listening to like music that's just getting me pumped or jacked or whatever it may be. And then I leave the gym feeling so refreshed and ready after I go work at a very physical job. And so I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying for the people listening, I think it's it's imperative as toy photographers that we keep our bodies in check as much as our minds too, because you know, I love the Jim Quick stuff. I don't know if you listen to Jim Quick, but he always talks about as your body moves, your brain and your mind grooves. So when you're moving and you're being active, your mind is, is doing the same thing. And being able to go and hit the gym, it's going to really affect your art, too. It's going to help your art. It's going to yeah. help you think clearer because your brain is a muscle. So if you learn how to exercise your your brain, you're going to be able to create better things. And uh, it's funny, you know, I used to struggle with depression, too. And, you know, one of the things that I have noticed in the last five to six years of my life is I I don't struggle with it anymore. And I wouldn't equate it really to any one thing other than just, um, focusing on the things that I enjoy, focusing not on, because I really kind of transition from caring what people thought about me so much. And I really care about what I think of other people, you know, and that was that to me, what matters if I think negatively about other people, then I'm going to be upset with myself because it shouldn't matter if someone's mad at you, but it should matter if you're mad at someone else. You know, you ever heard that old saying, it's like when you, don't go to sleep when you're mad. Don't go to sleep when you're angry because it's just gonna it's gonna affect you the rest of your next day and the next day and the next day. Um, yes. And I don't mean to go down a rabbit trail, but
1: no, I, I actually I mean this is it's it's toy photography adjacent in a in an interesting way because it, it really does like going to sleep angry isn't gonna help you. You'll wake up more refreshed if you go to sleep with a positive mind from the get go. And you do get a positive mind and. You know, it's it's hard, I think, for a lot of us, and I, like, again, not the poster boy for this at all whatsoever, but nothing feels better than when you do have an enriched day, whether you put work in a physically exerting job or maybe it isn't. I sit at the computer all day. It's terrible for me, but going to the gym for, like, an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half is all it takes, and then I'll go home. When I'm sitting on the couch that night and I'm watching a movie or I'm playing a video game or doing something else, I feel just refreshed and yes. ready and i'm already going to go to bed positive just because i did something for myself in a way where i don't know it's just like it, it does it opens up your mind in a, in a great way and it, it'll then like incorporate creative uh flow into it like you'll start thinking about things differently you'll start thinking about the next shot or the next art piece that you're going to do or whatever it may be And yeah, it's great with healthy body comes healthy mind. So
0: exactly, exactly. And the mental health is such an important thing for toy photographers and learning that all of us have our kryptonite as cheesy as that sounds. All of us have our things that we can fall susceptible to whether it's depression or whether it's um, whatever it may be, you know, and and that doesn't make us uh, achieve and do our best. And the way so kind of pull yourself out of that is to focus on the things that you do enjoy and focus on your thoughts and learning how to be a good steward of what you are thinking. If you can become so self-aware in that what you're thinking and already acknowledge, okay, this this thought process, I know where this one leads. I know what, you know, because thoughts become behaviors and behaviors become your reality. So if you manage your thoughts well, and then you can essentially navigate your life in a better way and that's not easy that's not easily done you have to be diligent especially with your thought life but uh that's some good stuff man it's quality one thing i do this is just a fun little fact that i have been doing for the last month that has just changed my life even more as i take i know this sounds awful but i take ice cold showers i take (laughs) ice cold showers and it is so painful. I hate it. But when (laughs) I leave, when I leave the shower, I feel like Superman. I feel so good. And I didn't know this. I started studying cold showers and what it does is it puts your body into this fight or flight mode where you're basically killing off at a very microscopic level. You're killing off all of these. I know I'm, I'm butchering this, but you're basically what you're doing is it's helping your body become more resilient and so your resiliency helps your mental attitude and it's known it's proven to actually help with depression and it's because when you get in that ice cold shower man you're definitely going to be feeling it bro like you're going to be like you know i scream almost every time i get in the shower i'm like
1: it's a opening experience there. it is
0: it, what it does is it helps your mind it helps you focus and it, when you're in, you know when you're in the shower that's when sometimes i get my most creative thoughts is in the shower and, uh, I actually took a cold shower right before this interview. So this is, a, oh, really? yeah, I, I do it, man. Right before every interview, i take a cold shower, ice cold shower, and it just puts me in this state of just super relaxed, ready to just tackle anything. So that's a fun fact for everybody out there. Do you want to talk about your favorite foods? Do you want to talk about the things that you enjoy? Like just like favorite food, favorite beer? Like, I'm curious what your, your diet is, bro
1: uh sure so um i definitely do the thing where i try to eat healthy monday through friday typically friday night is when i let myself go and i'll let myself go till sunday evening and then i'm back on the healthy train so basically during the week i have like a lot of salads or fruit and yogurt things like that it's pretty much what i eat is mostly chicken during the week and then on the weekends honestly i'll go out for huge breakfast i posted a lot of my stories my instagram stories about my massive breakfast whether it'd be like you know nine pancakes or (laughs) so many Belgian waffles like would dressed up to the nines or like this that and the other thing um I go out for like giant cheeseburgers things like that but you know it's all moderation. so I try to do what I can for myself during the week and then my weekend is my time to I think life's too short to be worried about all that stuff all the time yeah I really do think that like I'm a foodie so I want to live life eating the best food because I think it's one of the best parts of life is enjoying yes. all the food that's out there and so yeah i'll just imbibe all that stuff on the weekend same thing with, with uh you know the different types of beers that i like like on the weekends i'll go out to the different tap rooms around me i live in san diego now and so like where i live there's a tap room within every block or two from me so i wow. go to a tap room every weekend for almost half a year and probably not run out it's great
0: that's nuts it's kind of like that here too in uh i live in lexington kentucky and it is just nothing but bourbon and beer you're, everywhere yes. so it is the bourbon I'm capital sure right. of the world yeah it's it's crazy i mean if you literally can just get bourbon at anywhere it's just it's so accessible but i'm actually not a bourbon guy so it's funny that i live here <laughs> but i don't actually drink it but uh that's cool man i mean i definitely do the self-care thing too like i Actually do intermittent fasting uh, throughout the week and on the weekends. I don't do intermittent fasting So what I do is I if anybody doesn't know what intermittent fasting is It's a compressed window of time where you are getting all of your eating done in like an eight-hour window so I won't eat from The time I go to bed, which is normally between 8 and 9 o'clock and then I won't eat again till the next afternoon till about one to two p m and then then I'll just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and um uh, I have my,
1: my three square meals that I live like literally my day is around my meal times. I'm like, okay, get up, take the dog for a walk, come back, make breakfast, feed him, eat, then take him again for another walk, eat, then get out of work, take him out again, come back, eat, and then go to bed, <laughs> and then wake up the next day, and do it again
0: dude. I, I, if you want to try it and you want to see, you know, some crazy results, if you're just wanting to get more results in your diet, it's a lot of fun. And actually it makes it, it makes it less stressful because you don't have to really plan your meals. Um, and I know people that are three meal a day people like that's, that's great. I, I, I commend it. I can't do it. I, for me, cause when I just eat, I just eat everything in sight. When I, when I start eating at 2 PM or 1 PM, I just go through the fridge and it's just I just destroy it. I go through it all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And then like you, like you said, you know, on the weekends, you kind of have your self care where you go out and you get your pancakes and you just go, go crazy. And yep. I do the same thing. Like I'll just go like last night, you know, my wife and I, you know, went to the Friday night, uh, dinner that we normally do. And I just do, I had like uh, five platefuls of food and I just hammered it, just hammered it all. And, you know, I'm still keeping that lean figure. Cause I'm not stressing about it, you know, cause I know my body's going to burn it off cause I, I burn a lot of calories. But, uh, anyway, this is related to toy photography. Just so you know, this is all related guys. <laughs> oh, this totally 100%. Is, totally related. <laughs> so, uh, when you take care of yourself and you take care of your, uh, mental state, you're going to produce better content. So for photographers, they're like, what is this guy talking about? let just remember you take care of yourself, you know, yourself will take care of you. So, um, that sounds kind of meta, but
1: hey, it's true though. I mean, it really is like one does definitely influence the other. So, it does. but again, it does. I do want to stress out there for myself personally, I want to get out there. I want to enjoy what life has to offer, whether it be food, drink, whatever. So don't let that kind of stuff dictate your life unless that's what you're into. If you're into health and wellness 100 percent of the time be into it just be into it what you're into and just know that you got one chance at this whole grand thing that we call life and just bring to it what you want to bring to it and get out of it what you want to get out of it and know that and just care about that and once once you go at it with that kind of attitude i think you'll live a life that's more enriched
0: i agree i agree and i definitely don't frown upon anybody's particular eating habits. I wasn't saying that at all. So. Oh,
1: definitely didn't get
0: that from it, so I just want to, uh, I want to make sure people know that when they take care of themselves, like I'll keep saying it probably till, till I finish. you know, the next hundred episodes of this podcast, like when you take care of yourself, man, you know, it's, it's really going to produce better content. And I know this is for somebody out there. So just think about it. So do you have any tips for people that want to start doing toy photography? Cause I know you said that when you started, you're like, Oh, I can't believe the stuff. I started out doing like, in the, <laughs> versus the things you do now, do you have any tips for someone that's just getting started? Uh, what would you kind of give them as a reference or what to do or not to do?
1: I would tell, I would tell you if you're just starting out on toy photography now, and you're just kind of getting into it and you're looking at what's out there and you're trying to compare yourself to other stop don't compare yourself to anybody else's work you are you so you're going to bring what you bring to it don't try to recreate what other people are out there doing try to bring your own personal thing to it and the most important thing you can possibly do is just bring your passion to what you're doing why why are you doing photography what brings you to this hobby that maybe you want to try it is it because you like this property that you're taking pictures of of a figure of then play up to that property. If you really just love this figure, then play up the photographs of that figure. You know, like bring your passion to your photography and it will show through. Um, I think when people tend to like fall into holes and do one thing or like they feel like this is the only one way to do this, then that's when they kind of like start to um, resent the whole idea of toy photography. And I feel like that's the problem. It's like, you don't want to go into it thinking that has to be something. Because nothing, nothing about toy photography has to be anything. It's art. Art is subjective. It's right. what you like. It's what you find to be good. Just bring your own personal brand to it. Bring your own personal enjoyment to it. And I think that you'll get the best out of it. Um, if I could bring a, like a technique-style uh, thing to the table, I would say um, you know, work with what you feel comfortable with at first and then slowly start trickling in new techniques as time goes. Don't think that you have to start compositing backgrounds. Don't think you need to, you know, follow like, you know, the DigiRama thing from the get-go, unless you feel comfortable with it, go for it. But, you know, start small and kind of work work your way up. Maybe incorporate a new technique every shot that you take. And I think that, you know, little baby steps will kind of get you to where you want to be.
0: That is some amazing advice. And for everybody out there that is starting out, you know, Tom has been doing this for a while, so he knows what he's talking about. I want to kind of close it out here. Just kind of open up the mic for you, Tom. Um, is there anything that you want to say? To, you know, maybe to your people that follow you, or just kind of leave it some closing remarks for for the the listeners.
1: I would say uh, my number one thing that I think I always say when I say to my followers, I'm like, "Thank you for following me," and I'm sorry uh, <laughs> because I. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty dumb um in a lot of things that I post. Um I like joking around. I'm very sarcastic. Um I, you know, just try to be have fun. Honestly, that's that's my thing. So I hope that you know if you're following me, you're there to have fun too. And I think that's like uh the best thing about uh, the community. It's just a place to have fun with one another, it's a place to, you know share our enjoyment of numerous things, whether it's the toys or the properties that the toys are based on. And uh, yeah, honestly, I just want to keep having that kind of fun with funds, funds, having that kind of fun with everybody (laughs) and um, having more conversations and please never feel afraid to reach out to me uh, and chat over DM. I'm always down for a good conversation, you know, and uh, yeah, if you're out there and you're shooting, just keep shooting, Um, keep providing content and yeah, that's, that's
0: pretty much it. Make art. Well, there you have it, folks. Where can people connect with you, Mr. Tom, on the social medias?
1: I am. I have a lot, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, um, I would say that I'm mostly on Instagram. So if you want to be <laughs> anywhere, uh, Instagram is the place. Uh, Facebook, I'll post some higher-res pictures of my stuff every now and again. Twitter is more of a place where I want to have like more conversations twitter's not i don't do the one image where i post it and i repost everywhere um you know i don't like cross posting personally um, so you know if you want that kind of stuff follow me there too um otherwise i am on youtube as a part of the one sixth pack and you can find us as a part of the Exclue collective um, other than that yeah uh, mr graham is my mainstay so join me there
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. And you can also find me at Dagobah underscore days. You can find the Mezco 112 Collective feature page at 1.12.collective. And you can find the Toy Photographers podcast at Toy Photo Cast. And remember, everybody, we are storytellers. So get out there, go shoot some toys, have some fun. And maybe one day, you'll meet some people that you might like. You never know. Just like Mr. Tom. <laughs> peace out everybody thank you so much All right. thank you guys